This is the John Oakley Show podcast. I haven't suddenly lost confidence in Boeing. I, like you, have been flying in their aircraft for years. However, there's a story out there today about Boeing falsifying records for a 787. That's the monster jet. The big, I guess it's the largest uh, commercial aircraft in the world at this point. It certainly is the largest one they produce. And it was sold to Air Canada and it developed a fuel leak. Now, apparently rectified and all the rest of it. But I'm wondering if uh, there's a concern or if it's endemic to the 787, that kind of thing. And I'm also interested, because there's another piece of news, the 737 MAX that was grounded a few months ago after the uh, two crashes in other parts of the world, took 340-odd lives uh, because of, apparently, software malfunctions or software errors in the control of uh, basically what we call an autopilot that made the plane's nose pitch down and fly into the ground without the ability for the pilots, uh, through training or otherwise, to be able to pull it up and uh, and keep the aircraft flying. And, and that is apparently not coming through on schedule because they seem to have found another glitch. Anyway, we've got somebody who knows an awful lot more about this than I do. That's Jock Williams who is Global News Radio's aviation expert. Jock, good to talk to you again. Hi, Peter. Good talking to you, as always. All right. Well, we got the 787 thing, and I'm wondering whether it's a one-off, and I should just go, hey, if I fly in the 787 uh, on Air Canada, do I have any worries? I'm thinking I don't. <laughs> well, I think you don't, and I, I'm really quite certain that you don't. But here's the problem. You know, you, you have a situation whereby you described the situation quite nicely that Boeing had two crashes in fairly rapid succession, like over within, let's say, five months of each other. But you're also not addressing the fact that Boeing had 43,000 flights of the 737 MAX series without any accident. 43,000 in between those two accidents. So and my head exactly. is not fast enough to do the math, Jock, but uh, what you're saying is it's a very tiny percentage. It's that said, show me... For one person that's in one of those planes, it's a dreadful... It's 100% because you're I gone. Know, I know. But that one of the problems that we face when we talk about things that exist on a massive scale, and remember that, that by the time the story is done about the 737 MAX, 5,000 of them will have been built. There are that many orders right now. Yeah, I know. So, so while there have been two accidents that we know about, they're not necessarily related. And and I, I hate to tell you this, but your summary wasn't really very good of of why these things have happened. Not not that you're not saying exactly what the media have been saying, but the media haven't been saying it right from the beginning. You're saying I'm losing problem. my piloting skills. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that at all. But what I, what I'm saying is, the media. And, and you and I, I guess, are part of it in this regard. Instead of doing a, a five-minute interview, we need to be doing a 25-minute interview. And if we did, we would go a little further. It is true that, as an example, that, that many pilots uh, that encountered problems with the 737 MAX 8 uh, seem to have been surprised. But they wouldn't have been surprised if they had suitably read the aircraft flight manual. Although we do know that one of the pilots virtually perished while trying to look up the appropriate page of the flight manual. But the area that he was looking for was one of the few memory 
excuse me, memory items that he should have been able to pull out of his brain without leafing through a multi-hundred page document. You know, we're told these things and we file them under, well, you know, that's nice information, but I'll probably never run into it. But the biggest thing that everybody has to know is each of these pilots momentarily may have done the right thing, and that is turned the offending system off. But they eventually turned it back on, and that's deadly. But besides that, they neglected to carry out all of the steps of the emergency procedure. One of the emergency procedure steps in every airplane you've ever learned to fly is when an emergency occurs, reduce the airspeed as much as safely possible. Both of these airplanes crashed going 600 knots. That's 700 plus miles an hour. And the reason why they were going that fast is that you put the nose of an airplane down, but you leave full takeoff power on. That plane is going to accelerate. And for every additional knot that that plane is going above the recommended airspeed, there's an an increased recommended pressure that you're going to have to pull on the stick in order to counteract what the plane is doing. I hear what you're saying, and it works the same in the smaller craft that I have flown throughout my life. That said, however, uh, Jock, basically you've got airlines that uh, are skilled in this to a much greater extent than I am, maybe not so much with you, because you've done the commercial flying. Oh, indeed, Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at this, and I can read for you. There's a new software issue that Boeing has to fix, which was discovered recently during FAA testing with the platform. This is on simulators. There's no telling when the fix will be deployed or when the 737 MAX will be certified safe for flying again. As of right now, airlines have extended cancellations well into the summer and early fall. And here's an example. United Airlines announced uh, this was two days ago that all 737 flights are going to be canceled until September 3rd, and that's at least, and Southeast, uh, Southwest Airlines extended the cancellations through October. So there's something going on here. Well, there is indeed, but, but the problem is the public and uh, the media particularly don't seem to be listening to this. Do you remember back when we, Canada and the United States, were both very slow to ground the airplane? We were the last countries in the world. Yes, to I do. It. Mm-hmm. Well, we were still right doing that. You know, the fact is, you don't ground an airplane unless you have solid evidence that some specific thing is wrong with that airplane. Because once you ground it, you're going to have to prove that you can unground it because you have addressed that problem. Well, they haven't addressed the problem yet of leaving the power on after an emergency procedure is being carried out, which causes your airspeed to increase to beyond controllable stick forces. That has not been solved, and it's not going to be, because it's neither a software nor a hardware problem. It's a training problem, and it's a carrying out the training you've been given problem. Well, you know, I, I take you at face value, so when you tell me something, I believe you. On, I, <laughs> oh. And that's that's on the one hand. On the other hand, there's a company called Boeing that is re-engineering pieces of that aircraft, at least the flying systems yeah. of that aircraft, and they're the ones who are saying, and we'll have it ready by, oh, sorry, we found another issue. We're going to have it ready by another date. Well, Peter, th- this is the, the point that we have to make, and that is Boeing can't really say we fixed the problem because, in a sense, the problem never existed in the first place. They can't do some magical software change unless there's some newly invented magical software that says, notwithstanding the fact that the pilots do the wrong thing, we're going to have the right outcome. 
It doesn't work that way. So nobody can predict when when suitable changes have been made because in, in a way of speaking, suitable changes can't be made. Pilots screwed up. It's, it's unfortunate. Well, there's a catch-22 in all of this. Well, and well, that is that if they don't demonstrate that the airplane <laughs> yeah, is safe, people yeah. aren't going to get in them. That's right. And it, it's been made particularly difficult that they can't demonstrate that the airplane's safe because nothing in the world that you can do to an airplane makes it infallible. Airplanes, by their very nature, have this fatal possibility. They will take your life if you don't do it right. And, and we've gotten so used to things being absolutely safe that now we think we can demand it. Well, we can demand what we wish, but the reality is there is no such thing as a perfect airplane. There certainly isn't such a thing as a perfect pilot, I, and we need them. I have no doubt that we will uh, not have heard the last of this when no. I say goodbye to you uh, and that we'll be talking about it again because this is supposed to unfold over the course of the next, uh, it's really a period of weeks, over the summer. That's Thank, right. And, and Jock, I've got I've to cut you off there yeah. because I've got to go. Okay, good Thank you. A pleasure as always. Jock Thank Williams, you, aviation expert for us here at Global News Radio. And uh, with that, I will say this. Peter Sherman for John Oakley, Global News Radio. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.